الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم من جاء بالحسنة فله عشر أمثالها ومن جاء بالسيئة فلا يجزى إلا مثلها وهم لا يظلمون صدق الله العظيم Most respected Allah Ikram, brothers and elders. Any person, any businessman, any person who doesn't even know business, this much every person is aware of and knows very well that perhaps more important than earning one's wealth is to look after it. The amount of effort and the amount of time that a person puts into earning the wealth, all that would be of no benefit to him, all that would come to zero if he doesn't look after it. So therefore you find people taking more steps, security measures and whatever else needs to be done in order to safeguard and protect what they have earned. When this is the case in terms of dunya, then how much more important this is in terms of deen? That if a person has earned something in terms of the akhirat, in terms of the hereafter, then he should also look after it. He should protect it, safeguard it. And this message and lesson Allah Ta'ala gives us in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala says, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْسَالِهَا That the one who brings along a good deed, then he will get tenfold the like thereof. He'll get rewarded ten times. This too is Allah Ta'ala's great mercy, His grace, that if a person comes along with a good deed, then Allah Ta'ala grants him ten times the reward. And that is the minimum. The bare minimum is ten times. So 1000% profit. And if a person commits some wrong, If he does some wrong, then one for one. One wrong, one sin. But good deeds, the minimum profit is 1000%. And there is no limit to how much of a reward a person may get. Allah Ta'ala increases the reward of whomsoever He wishes. The person who has more ikhlas in it, more sincerity in it, to the extent that he had his heart and soul in it, then accordingly the rewards are multiplied for him. But the lesson in this that we get is that Allah Ta'ala does not say man amila bil hasana, the one who did a good deed. Allah Ta'ala says the one who brought along a good deed, man ja'a bil hasana. So if a person earned some money, he went and he worked hard and then he earned something and now he on the way home lost it. Like this, that incident of one person went to the marketplace 
and he bought one goat and came. So now he was returning with the goat. So there were some very advanced uh, thieves. One is somebody who comes and puts a gun on somebody's head and somebody does it in such a nice way that the person feels that this person did me a, du- a favor actually. So there were some very sophisticated thieves. So they said we have to get this goat out of this person but get it in a way that he also feels happy to give it away. So they stationed themselves at different spots and then as this person passed along with that goat, the first person he came past, so the person said to him, "Mashallah, what a lovely dog you got. So he just rebuffed him that something seems to be wrong with this fellow. I bought one goat and came and he's selling me a nice dog I got. In any case, as he walked along, after some time he passed by the second person. So the second person also told him that this dog looks like a very unique kind of dog. I didn't see a dog of this nature before. So now he kept quiet because he wasn't sure now. He got in a little bit of doubt that it looks like a goat to him. But this person too is saying two different people down the road. Two people can't be saying the same wrong thing. But maybe this person was wrong. By the time he came past the third person and the third person also started talking already about the dog. He quietly left it and carried on walking. That if I go home just now with this, I might be in bigger trouble. That we told you to go buy one goat and come, you came with a dog. So in this way, they robbed him of that what he had. Now when he came home, he came empty-handed. He went, bought the goat, everything. But what is the benefit of that to him? Nothing. Empty-handed. So a person who earns something, earning it is one part of it. But together with that, equally important is looking after it. Manja abil hasana. Allah Ta'ala says the one who brings along a good deed to the akhirat. Then he will get ten times alike thereof. Now this aspect of bringing along, this highlights the, the issue that it can get lost. That if we are being told to bring it along, then we are being told to be careful that it can get lost. So how will it get lost? What will cause a person to lose his hard-earned good deeds, his rewards? So this generally comes down to hukukul ibad, generally. The rights of people. This is generally where a person loses his good deeds to others. All of my kiram explain that when a person passes away, that many people, they... There's five, they become distributed in five sort of portions. The one portion and one share, Malakul Maud takes away, that's his ruh. Malakul Maud takes his soul and is gone. The second part of him is his body, his flesh, and his, the rest of his apparent self, that the ants take that share, the ants of the grave eat up his body and within hours already the ants are having their full meal and a person needs to have this muraqaba this meditation of this reality of the grave whenever he is tempted to be looking around at all the haram on the streets and everywhere else that this is the reality of the grave this is what's going to become of all those whom I'm lusting after so is this something worth the while? And this is going to become my condition also. 
So this becomes the second share. The ants of the grave take it. The one share is his wealth, the third share. That is his, take it away. And if he left deen with them, together with the wealth, then they'll make use of that wealth, they'll enjoy it also, and they'll benefit others also, and they'll send some for him. The physical wealth won't come, but they will spend in the cause of deen, on behalf of the deceased, in acts of perpetual sawab and reward. In the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, إِذَا مَاتَ بْنُ آدَمْ إِنْ قَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ When a person passes away, all his deeds come to an end. He can't do anything. But three things still continue for him. إِلَّا مِنْ صَدَقَةٍ جَارِيَةٍ That sadaqah jariya, some act that he had done in his life, the reward of which is continuing. He dug some well somewhere, the water people are still drinking, he contributed to the masjid, to the madrasa, to other causes of deen, and benefit of that is still continuing, so he is reaping the rewards in his grave. So this is a real investment. Or the knowledge that he disseminated in whichever form. Or that pious child who is praying on his behalf, making dua for him. So if he left deen with them, with those children, then they will enjoy that wealth also, and they will send for him also, in the form of doing good deeds with that money, and sending the sawab to their deceased father, their deceased mother, grandparents. And if we didn't leave deen for them, we only left wealth for them. Then the first thing they'll forget about is who left it for them. If a person only left the wealth and didn't leave deen, because many a times they even forget about that person who's going to leave the wealth for them before he's even gone. Before he's even gone, they already forgot about him. Unfortunately, this has become the situation in many cases. And when he's gone, then they're going to remember him. And forget enjoying it themselves, they will be at one another's throats for it. So neither will they benefit themselves out of it because it will bring no peace to them. And where they going to remember the marhum that's gone in the grave. So together with leaving that wealth, by all means no harm in that. Halal wealth, the person leaves, very good. But more important than that is to leave deen. So when there will be deen, then there will be barakat in that wealth also. So in any case, the one share, the third share, his heirs will take away. So Malakul Mord takes his ruh away. The ants of the grave will get the flesh and meat. And his heirs take away the wealth. And then his bones, the sand of the grave will eat up. Sand of the grave will eat his bones up. After some time that will disintegrate into the sand. At the fifth share, the fifth share, all the claimants will come and take his good deeds away. So somebody took his ruh, somebody took his flesh, somebody took his wealth, somebody took his bones, or the ground took his bones, at least he should have kept the deeds for himself. But that too, somebody else comes and takes it away. Those who he had harmed in the world, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam once asked the Sahaba Ikram, Atadruna al-Muflis, you know who is a Muflis, a pauper, bankrupt person. So they replied and said, a Muflis, bankrupt person, what we understand, somebody who has no wealth, doesn't have two coins to rub against one another, this is a bankrupt person that we understand. Nabi Islam said, no, no, we're talking about something else. That is a small time bankrupt person. 
Today he's bankrupt, tomorrow too he'll get something. Today he's bankrupt and tomorrow somebody will give him some hadiyah. Or something else will come from somewhere. And again he's back on the road. That's a very small, trivial thing. That's nothing too yearly, not worth mentioning. We're talking about that bankruptcy after which a person is totally bankrupt. Can't earn anything. Nabi Islam said, that person is a muflis in my ummah who will come with lots of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. But it's already now, it has been labeled for somebody else. He will come on the day of Qiyamah with those good deeds, but there will also be people claiming against him. وَقَدْ شَتَمَ هَذَا وَقَذَفَ هَذَا وَأَكَلَ مَالَ هَذَا وَسَفَكَ دَمَ هَذَا وَضَرَبَ هَذَا Nabi Islam says this person in the world, either he saw it somebody, and he thought nothing about it, because sometimes the swearing somebody is like, it's part of anything. Doesn't matter whether somebody's heart was broken in it, or somebody was hurt, or grieved, what difference it makes. This where the person carry on, like nothing happened. Whereas, the ulama Ikram explained that fundamentally a mu'min, there are three rights that he has over every other person. Three fundamental things. Among other things, these three things as well. One is, and these are actually responsibilities of every mu'min. It's the rights of others, it's our responsibility. The first thing is, if we can't benefit somebody, at least don't harm him. The thing that should be done, a mu'min, what a mu'min should really be doing is trying to benefit somebody. He should be trying to give good and benefit others. Because this is something which Allah Ta'ala loves tremendously. There are those incidents in the hadith about somebody did some benefit to even animals. What good came out of it? So, the black BMW ND7073. Black BMW ND7073. So this doing good acts of kindness, very famous hadith, that woman who she gave water to drink to that thirsty dog, she was a woman of ill repute, and what became the end result? Allah Ta'ala gave her the tawfiq of toba, and she ended up in Jannat. So that was the trigger and the catalyst for the change in her life that finally brought Jannat for her was an act of kindness to a dog. So if this is a dog, what about an insan? What about a mu'min? So the least was, one was we should be benefiting others. But the least is, if you can't benefit somebody, don't harm him. That's the first thing. If you can't benefit somebody, we don't harm him. The second is, if you can't give happiness to somebody, don't give, don't give him grief. We should be trying to give happiness to people. This is a very great ibadat. In the Hadith Sharif it comes, that after the faraiz, one of the greatest forms of ibadat, after the obligations of deen, next in rank, one of the greatest forms of ibadat is idkhalus sururi fi qalbil mu'min. Bringing happiness to the heart of a believer. Just doing something to make him happy. One person came to the khalifa of the time, perhaps it was Mu'tasim Billah or one of the other khulafa, and he asked for something, that I needed some help. So, he wrote out a little note for the treasurer, that 
first give him so much, then call him back and give him so much more. So in any case, he did that. Now here there is instruction. So for example, first he call, gave him thousand rands, and then as the person now took the thousand rands and he's leaving and went out, called for him again. And according to the instruction now, gave him another thousand rand. So it's a strange story. He's giving the instruction up front. He's saying, give him this. Then as he's going, and when he leaves, and call him back and give him this much more. So later on he inquired that this was a very strange instruction. What's the reason for this? So he says that after you gave him that thousand, the first thousand, he obviously got happy. His work got done. And now when he went away and you called him back and gave him a second thousand, now his happiness would increase far more than had he received the two thousand together. When he received the two thousand, one time he'll be happy also. I got two thousand. But now this was a case of happiness upon happiness. This just multiplies the whole thing. I wanted to make him very happy. Now this was a, a frame of mind, a thought, how to put some happiness in somebody's heart. So this is a very great form of ibadat. And this is referring to anyone and everyone. So how much more this will become an ibadat if a person is doing something to make his parents happy. He's going out of his way to make them happy, bring some happiness to their heart. To his immediate family, this is sila rahmi. There's so much of emphasis on maintaining and enhancing family ties. So just some little act. Perhaps he just gave somebody a call. Never phoned a person for a long time. Say, I just phoned just to find out how you are. And now that just lights up the person's day. Subhanallah, this person phoned me just to inquire how am I? Now that, that happiness that came to his heart was an act of ibadat. Now this is what we should have been looking out for. To make the next person happy. To make that wife happy. To make those parents happy. But the least was that if you can't make the person happy, at least don't give them grief. So the first was you can't benefit somebody, then don't harm them at least. The second is, if you can't give the person happiness, then don't give the person grief. And the third is, that if you can't praise somebody, then don't disgrace him. We should be talking good about others. Whatever it is, put somebody better in the eyes of others. So we should be looking out for the good of others and mentioning that rather. But if we can't talk about the good of others, the least is that we don't talk about somebody's weaknesses. That is the minimum. That we just leave it equal, fair and square at least. Not that we go down into a debit balance. So this unfortunately becomes the situation where a person now just starts making ghibat. He's swearing at somebody. He is slandering somebody. Taking somebody's life wrongfully eating up somebody's wealth wrongfully. Now on the day of Qiyamah, on the one side he's come with a lot of good deeds. But at the same time, these good deeds are already labeled for others. He's merely carrying it along. Sufyan Sawri was the contemporary of Imam Abu Hanifa They were living in the same time. So he used to say to his friends that Imam Abu Hanifa is a very intelligent person. A very, very intelligent person. He doesn't give his good deeds to anybody else. What he was actually doing is giving a lesson to those around him. That look, if you want to safeguard your deeds, then you do what Imam Abu Hanifa does. That he keeps his tongue safe from ghibat entirely. He doesn't make ghibat of anybody. 
you want to safeguard your deeds also, then you also don't make ghibats. Then be intelligent like him. Hazrat Umar Parampuri sahab rahmatullahi he used to say that if I want to make ghibat of anybody, I rather make ghibat of my mother. Now, is there somebody that is sane and will make ghibat of his mother? She couldn't have some weaknesses. She's insan. But he will do whatever is in his capacity to cover it up. To conceal it. So nobody in his sane mind would ever make ghibat of his mother. So this was a way of giving a very deep lesson. That if ever somebody wants to make ghibat, then you rather pass your good deeds to your mother. She is more deserving of it. Why give it to somebody else? She did so much for you, you rather give her your good deeds in return. At least she'll benefit. So make ghibat of her if you want. Now who in his right mind is going to do that? So the issue was that these a'mal that a person does, he works so hard for it. He sometimes, the month of Ramadan comes, he's making tahajjud, he's making tilawad, qurbani came, he slaughtered so many nafil qurbani. And the first 10 days of Zulhijjah, he made so much of ibadat and other good deeds and righteous deeds a person does. So many uh, difficulties a person undertakes for the sake of deen. But man person who brings along a good deed, he will get ten times the like thereof. After doing the action, he has to look after it. Otherwise, he loses it in this way. He loses it in the form of hasad, jealousy. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Salaam says, Al Hasadu Yaqulul Hasanat. Kama ta'kulun narul hatab. That hasad it consumes and burns up a person's good deeds just as fire burns up wood, dry wood. In seconds, minutes, it's gone. Ash, nothing left. Hasad, it's such a foolish sin that a person commits. What does a person get out of Hasad? Besides harming himself in every sense of the word, he lost his good deeds and he just made himself miserable He's looking at somebody else's good and he's feeling miserable about it. He got nothing out of that too. And he's just lost in every sense of the word. But shaitan puts that blinkers over a person, that veil over a person's heart and eyes. person fails to see what a foolish thing this is. To be jealous and burning over somebody else's good fortune and trying to bring the person down and harm the person. What does it benefit us? Nothing. So this is something that is a very foolish thing to do. But this burns up a person's good deeds. Man abil hasana. Many a times these things, ghibad, backbiting, and harboring suspicion, this hasad, all these things come about and just destroy a person's good deeds. And many a times all these things stem from just some misjudgment, some misunderstanding, some jumping to conclusion. Something we didn't check for ourselves properly, what the reality was, we jumped to some conclusion. This person probably, he, this was his intention in saying this. Or this is, this person definitely, he was behind certain things that happened. Now we just jump to some conclusions and we make our judgment and then we start getting into ghibad and getting into hasad and losing our deeds. Just jumping to conclusions just brings one incident to mind. Maulana Rum Rahmatullah he gives one incident of one person who was an attar. He used to sell itar. So he had all these bottles all over the place. He had one parrot also. This parrot used to talk a lot. 
and the customers used to come, a lot of them used to come and just to enjoy the talk of the parrot. So the shop used to be very busy. Somebody wants to buy either, they'll rather come here, they'll enjoy some of the parrot's talk also. So things carried on. So the whole day it used to be sitting on top of its cage, probably its wings were clipped. And then at the night he would put it back in his cage and go home. So one night he forgot to put it back in his cage. Now he went away home. So now this was walking around loose. So as it was walking around, some on the counter it came. So some of these bottles were there. And by mistake it bumped into some bottle of ether. So that fell with a bang, crashed. So now it got excited. It started fluttering around. As it started fluttering around, all the other bottles started falling. And in a short while there was a whole mess. In the morning the Attar came, opened his shop and he sees his whole mess here and he realized what happened, that this parrot is responsible. So he took his shoe out and he started spanking the parrot on its head. And as a result, all the hair from the head, the feathers all fell off to him. And it became bald. Now this parrot, after it got this hiding, so the parrot stopped talking. In any case, he put the parrot back in the cage, carried on with his work, cleaned up the mess. Now the customers are coming, they're looking forward to hearing something from the parrot, but the thing is totally quiet, not talking one word. He's trying to entice it and make it say something and carrying on and on, but nothing. Dead silence. After a while, the customers stop coming also. Now this person is realizing that I made a big mistake here. I made a very big mistake. But in any case, that was one part of it. That one lesson in this is that now when he realized his mistake, now he's thinking that I didn't appreciate what the parrot was doing for me. Now the shop is gone dead. And now I'm suffering a loss. So for this one little mistake, I took all my anger out. Now I'm realizing that what good it was doing for me. I failed to appreciate all the good. And just this one mistake blinded me from all the good that was being received. How often this becomes the case with us. This is the lesson Imam Rumahmatullah is drawing from this. That the one little mistake somebody makes. Whether it is somebody in our home, it might be our wife, some child, our parents, anybody. Somebody in our business. That one mistake sometimes becomes magnified. And that takes up our entire focus. And we forget all the good the person has done. And our entire focus comes so much on that one mistake that that becomes the be all and end all. Like this person now is suffering the consequences. He realized now too late. After the whole bird has flown out of the cage, now he's worried now, why, should, why didn't I appreciate it? Why didn't I just make a little bit sabr and be patient? But that's too late now. So in any case, that was the one part of it. But in any case, as time, time passed, some months passed, shop is dead. One day, one person entered the shop. When the person entered the shop, the parrot saw him. This person was completely bald. As soon as the parrot saw him, the parrot looked at him and said, you also broke all the bottles. You must have also got a good hiding on your head. That's why you also bald. Now the parrot thought all my hair fell down, my feathers fell down because I broke all the bottles and I got a good hiding. So that is the standard. That is the rule. Any bald person, same thing happened to him. So this parrot now is a parrot. It's a bird brain as we call it. The bird brain can only jump to conclusions like that. That it just sees something and just draws conclusions. So likewise, we just jump to conclusions many a times. We just draw some conclusions out of our own mind. And that becomes the be all and end all now. Everything now is seen through that glasses. So then one thing after the other, that hasad starts, the ghibat starts, the malice starts. And as a result, all these hard earned good deeds are all getting depleted, all getting passed on to others. 
So this is a very foolish thing that a person has worked so hard, he has uh, spent the nights in ibadat, he has made tilawat, he's spending his money in charity, and he's helping others, and all this he's earning. But he is not looking after it, he's not taking it along. He is depositing it in other people's accounts. And on the day of Qiyamah, he is empty-handed. So while it is very, very important to be earning, to be working hard, to be earning the rewards of the hereafter, but likewise, it is equally important that the person looks after these investments. And how? By being very careful about especially these hukukul ibad, the rights of people. All the things of deen, obviously nothing has to be, can be missed out, but in terms of losing amal, the thing that makes us lose it most is shirking in hukukul ibad. And a person just, be, just adopts some sabr, some patience, deals correctly with people, goes out of his way to be better to others, then not only he looks after his good deeds, but he even increases it. So this is a very simple thing for us to keep in mind all the time. That together with doing amal, together with learning what we should be doing, we should be learning how to look after it. And we should be making that effort to look after our amal as well. May Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we increase our amal. The more we can, the better. Together with that, we keep our hearts clean from all these ailments. We clear our hearts out of all the hasad, the malice, the ill feeling, the suspicions, and we fulfill the rights of people, fulfill the rights of our parents, our wives, our children, family members, those who we come into contact with in terms of our businesses, our dealings, and anyone and everyone. We ensure that we don't trample anybody's right in any way. May Allah wa ta'ala give me the tawfiq and give all of us the tawfiq. Ta'akhir da'wana alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا 
ஆனா <laughs> ஒன்னாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்தினாத்த
لیکن وہ قبرز گارڈنز آف جنہ فاسیح اللہ الہ العالمین گرانٹ اس شفاعت آف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اللہ give us جنت الفردوس without any reckoning یا اللہ اللہ don't take us to any task یا اللہ don't take us to account یا اللہ اللہ we got nothing that we can give an account of یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ you forgive us out of your mercy یا اللہ out of your grace یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ all those who have asked us to make dua for them fulfill all their good deeds یا اللہ fulfill all their needs from the غیب یا اللہ remove all their difficulties and hardships یا اللہ grant them the best of dunya and the best of akhirat یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ یا اللہ all the good that رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم begged for یا اللہ we also begging for all that good whatever نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم sought refuge from یا اللہ we also seeking protection اللہم انہا نسلوک من خیری ما سألک منہ نبیوک و حبیبک سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم و نعوذ بک من شر مستعادک منہ نبیوک و حبیبک سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم انت المستعان و علیک البلاغ و لا حول و لا قوت الا باللہ العلی العظیم و صلی اللہ تعالی علی خیر خلقه سیدنا محمد و آلی و اصحاب اجمعین و الحمدللہ